For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Another episode of Believe in Kentucky, y'all. We got Aaron Gershon and Jalen Whitlow here. My name is Vinny Hardy. Coming to bring y'all another football episode. Go right to Believe.com to get it. B-L-E-A-V.com. Wherever you get your podcast, you can listen, you can watch. Tune in radio, um, Spotify, Stitcher, Sirius XM. You want to find us, we're out there. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You won't have to look. It'll just come right to your device. New episode, the title of it, hit play, and you won't even have to do any searching. It'll come right to you. So we appreciate everybody that does take the time to listen. Fellas, how y'all doing? I know I was just rambling, but how y'all doing? <laughs> doing well, Vinny. It's, uh, it's a busy time heading to New York here for the cha- uh, not champion, CBS Sports Classic basketball-wise, and and all the football things there's obviously been a couple of things that have popped up since we all last spoke here but uh there's a lot under the wraps that uh are keeping the people over at the Calf football center uh pretty busy right now under wraps wonder what that could be under wraps <laughs> hmm. <laughs> what might be under wraps like maybe not officially announced, but everything, you know, we 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 we, we saw Chris Mortensen break news, but it's mm. still not official. Is that, is that what we're talking about? That, yeah, maybe some quarterbacks, maybe a running back, a lot of different things that are that are going on that we don't have official access to, but we have a hunch on over here. <laughs> Leary, Davis, yeah, um, we got we got a lot of stuff. Just kind of fluctuating around is not a hundred percent concrete yet. That's right. Yeah, and uh, Jalen, like you said before we started, you 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 definitely watching as always the, the quarterback situation, but even more so now as we go to construct the roster again for next year. Yeah, I think it's you know it's a big deal. And look, I I I don't want to you know, and I think everybody's doing this because it's natural. I don't want to give off you know, the vibe that I don't think those quarterbacks on the roster are good enough to help Kentucky win games next year. They're just unproven. I think everybody always think and goes with the most proving met the most proven method, which is Spencer, Spencer Sanders, Graham Hurts, or Graham Mertz, um, you know, uh Brendan Armstrong. Like everybody's going with the most proven. So they automatically they automatically assume that transfer portal it's the answer when it comes to getting the quarterback. Contrary to public belief, I think that the staff feel that they have a couple of good quarterbacks on the roster. But, you know, it doesn't help. I mean, it doesn't hurt to add competition to the roster. It doesn't hurt to add another guy uh, to the mix to develop more excitement um, amongst the quarterbacks in the room, which is going to ultimately push them to get better. So I do think um, – from what I've seen so far and from what I've heard from people around the subject, um, I do believe that Kaya has talent, uh, Wade has talent, um, but you're dealing with potentially a coordinator who is an NFL guy. Uh, he's used to a certain level of expertise taking a snap. Uh, he used to a certain level of knowledge, you know, within, you know, that playbook expands uh, once you get to this level. And I'm sure those guys know that playing in, playing in the offense last year. But, you know, it's a different deal when you're the guy, you know, when, you know, everybody's looking at you. It's a little bit different. So 
Um, well, you know, everybody's anxious to see that. I'm anxious to see it too. But I think uh, I don't want to like discount because I've been in that in those shoes. You know, I don't want to discount the guys on the roster right now because who knows? Right. I mean, somebody may transfer in and and Wade may still win the job. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, from what I've know from what I know about Coach Stoops is the best player going to play. So uh, somebody can transfer in and still not win the job. Somebody can transfer in and and take the reins and, and run with it. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I, I I just sleep a little bit better at night knowing that uh, I'll get to watch a more exciting offense. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it's funny you said that, the, the part about uh, Stoops looking to get the best guy on the field. He was very blunt during his last press conference, which I believe was last Monday, and he talked about how he was telling the kids on his own roster, I'm going to get guys to take your job. Nope. Like, that is – that's the objective here. And I mean, the fact that, um, you know, you that you're going to get guys that hit the portal. Obviously we've actually, I don't think we've had any since our last show. So we're still at 10, but I, I, I would, my bet would be once that quarterback comes in, once that running back, once other, some of the offense a lot, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more attrition. I mean, it's just natural. He's looking to upgrade this roster. They fell short this year. And when you fall short of expectations, you know, things got to, got, got to get shaken up, especially now, you know, man, whether it's 2024 or 2025, Kentucky's life is already hard. It's going to get a hell of a lot harder when the division play is gone and you're not guaranteed a game against Vandy. You're not guaranteed a game against Mizzou, mm -hmm. uh, even South Carolina. I mean, I guess they're on the rise, but, you know, typically outside of this year, uh, Kentucky's owned them. So they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to compete possibly with Alabama more than they're used to compete with, you know, Oklahoma and Texas coming in, uh, compete with LSU, Georgia, whatever. It's going to, you, you got to get this thing right. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, um, you know, from a young age, I, I kind of experienced that, you know, when it comes to a coach pretty much saying, and look, we're trying to, we're trying to out recruit you. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to get somebody who's better than you to come in and take your spot. You know, those guys know that, you know, once they get to that level, they know, they know, they know what it is. So that's always in the back of their, their mind. So, uh, and that's the truth, you know, as a head coach, my job is to put Kentucky further and further, further up north when it comes to those recruiting rankings. So the higher we can go, the better we are. Right. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, every four star or whatever don't pan out, but we know that. But at the same time, you know, it's like the law of averages, right? If I can get, if I can get more four, maybe five, you know, or, you know, high quality three-star kids, um, my roster is going to be better, you know, yeah. you know, in, in theory. So, you know, they, I mean, they know that. So, um, yeah. you know, and, and, and it's one of those things, man, I'm sure, again, Coach Stoops is always honest. I don't think he's changed. Uh, he's always told guys like it is. So I'm sure he he's had a meeting with the guys that, especially the quarterbacks, that if he's interested in the transfer portal quarterback, he's probably had a meeting with those guys and informed them that this is what I'm looking to do. Uh, that doesn't mean that you guys won't be a starting quarterback here, but we need to add another body in the room. We need to add depth to the room, um, which will in turn make everybody better. So, you know, I remember going back, just a quick story. I remember going back when Drew Barker uh, graduated early and got to Kentucky. You know, it was a it was another level of focus in that spring. That's the spring that I transferred out, but it was another level of focus um, in, that, in that spring ball Right. And those practices, because, you know, we all heard the buzz of, you know, a guy who's highly recruited coming from the state of Kentucky. Uh, you know how fans get about the Kentucky boys. And I understand it, even like Alabama get about their Alabama boys and so forth and so on. So it was a, it was another level of uh, urgency, you know, in the room because we, you know, he was supposed to come in and take everybody's spot. That was but that's you know, we didn't look at the coaches and that's what they supposed to do. Right. Bring in a better quarterback to come take our spot. So, you know, those kids know that, and I'm sure they'll respond. Yeah. So some of the things that, you know, some things are fluctuating. Some things have kind of gotten nailed down, so to speak. You know, Jay Bowler is official. We saw what Amwar Stewart is not going anywhere. So getting some coaching staff spots, 
you know, re- extending guys, renewing contracts, bringing in a new hire. So that some of that stuff has taken place. Like you said, Aaron, it's been a little bit more quiet than you thought, but they have been getting, you know, some stuff done. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Obviously, it started with Tanner Bowles, the offensive tackle from Alabama, or offensive, uh, interior offensive lineman, rather. He's actually, he's been a reserve his whole career, but he was a guy who was, I mean, Alabama recruited him, obviously, and Kentucky tried getting him out of high school, but uh, he went there. He played in some big games. I mean, he made appearances in uh, a couple of those playoff games, uh, including last year against Cincinnati. So uh, he started he started some games at right guard, left guard. He's played some center and right tackle. So ton of versatility. Uh, I expect him to pro- go into spring ball and then, you know, go into camp, the starting right guard. I mean, Tayshawn Manning, obviously you signed up for a one and done with him. He was, I thought, one of the better players on the offensive line, probably probably the best or at least most consistent. So that'll probably be the guy you plug him in for. Uh, so that's big. And then obviously in the high school ranks, getting the four-star tight end, Jer- uh, excuse me, he's a high three-star in our books, four, four-star four uh, in other outlets. But Kamari Anderson from Detroit, kind of keep that Detroit pipeline, cast technical, same high school as um, Deion Walker and um, as DeAndre Square. So they've obviously had some success out of there. Um, and that's a guy who I think will be right there behind Dingle and Caddis. We'll see if he's a heavy hitter right away, but a guy they're very high end, and they added another wide receiver uh, since we last talked to Nardo Banks. So that's, you know, you see why they have five wide receivers hitting the portal because they have some two four-star guys and Anthony Brown and Shamar Porter in, Ardell Banks coming in, and then obviously uh, a lot of room coming out, and you're not going to start over Dane Key and Barry on Brown unless there's an injury. So uh, some movement there, and then we'll see, you know, Liam Cohen, it seems like it's done. I mean, Chris Mortensen's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, that guy's probably behind Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport. It's probably Chris Mortensen, and before those guys, it was Chris Mortensen. So uh, we'll get a chance to hear. Uh, I was telling you before the show that it uh, looks like Liam Cohen's next press conference is set for Friday. So we'll, I'm sure he'll be asked about it, and maybe we'll get a definitive definitive answer from that. But it seems like the the rule here will be he's going to coach those last four games of the year with the Rams, and uh, he'll be right back to Lexington afterwards. So the question is, is he helping recruiting? I don't know. I mean, obviously he's not under contract, so he can't travel and recruit. But, you know, we'll get into these quarterbacks. But with Devin Leary, who was obviously on an official visit the last couple of days here, uh, I you got to speculate he's on FaceTime at least. or At least he's a name that you could tell your recruits on the offense side of the ball. This is who's running the offense. Go watch your 2021 tape. That's what offense we're running. Mm-hmm. So you got to be able to tell tell somebody something, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That That's exactly right. And I think, I mean, there's been zero traction on anyone else. And some of the guys, you know, uh, that were kind of in that speculation group, but, you know, other than Cohen have got landed jobs elsewhere. So, you know, I forget the name off the top of my head, but I know the Missouri quarterbacks coach who was a candidate a couple of years ago uh, just took the OC job at Boise state where he was a quarterback himself back in the day. So, you know, it, it seems like all the guys that they were eyeing and Doel Loggins too, he's been tied to this job the last three years. Uh, he's going to South Carolina. So, um, yeah, it definitely seems like Liam's the guy. Just we might not see that official, you know, UK announcement until uh, after the Rams finish up their season. Put yourself in that situation, Jalen. I mean, heck, the baby, there was something you've already been through it. But would that deter you or scare you off if you weren't 100% certain that Liam was the guy? Or if you're you're visiting the Kentucky, you, you see Dane. You see Barry on. You see this receiver room that you'll have. You see the talent. Would you have to know what's up with this OC, or would they be like, you know, could they tell you something behind the scenes? How would you approach it if you were in some of these guys that you just mentioned as potential additions to Kentucky's roster? How would you approach it if you were in their shoes, you know, in their situation? Yeah, I got to see. I got to know that there was uh, ink on the paper uh, to make that decision, you know, especially with a high profile guy like that, uh, who, you know, he has probably has millions of dollars riding on this last year that he's going to have. So he got to, he got to be able to see that this thing is, you know, it's official. So, uh, you know, maybe they told him something that we don't know behind closed doors. 
Uh, I'm sure they have, but at the same time, you know, a deal is not a deal until until it's a deal. I mean, it, it got to be official because I can't, you know, if he back out and, you know, they hire somebody else that's unproven, but Larry's already signed, and, you know, that, that can get real hairy. Uh, so I'm sure he got to, you know, I will have to see that it's official, right? And I'm sure his uh, advisors are kind of, advising him on that you know make sure that this thing is official now before you make a decision because uh you know you want to make sure that you know you're going into a, a situation where you know there's a proven track record of quarterbacks succeeding in this system um now with the receivers with the tight ends you know with the you know the running back potentially uh we know that the players are there to you know, do some good things. But at the end of the day, man, you know, the guy that's calling the plays isn't sold up yet. So we got to, we got to get that sold up before we can, uh, before we can move forward. So I'm sure his advisors are telling him that. And, uh, you know, I probably, if I, if I know, like, you know, like I think I know he probably won't make a move until that move is official. Um, so, and that's, that's another level of urgency that I'm sure Stoops probably got to have because, you know, you don't want to miss out on, you know, this guys who could be – this could be potentially two first-round draft pick quarterbacks in a row. Um, if, right. you know, if everything goes like we think it will with Levis and everything happens uh, for, uh, for Leary if he decides to make that decision. So, you know, this is a real big deal, man. This is this is the difference between, uh, you know, 6-6, six 7-5, and six, seven and five, or 9-3, and 10-2. and two. It's that big. Yeah, and everything you said is why they must be telling them things behind the scenes because obviously the signing period is the 21st uh, through the 3rd, and most guys will sign a week from today. So, I mean, (laughs) in order to be eligible for spring ball, I believe you have to be signed in this early period. And obviously, whoever they have at quarterback – now, if it's Devin Leary, he does have that injury where he's not going to be able to throw till March. So, we'll see, you know – I mean, I'll get to learn the offense. He'll get to build, um, you know, relationships, throw toward the end of the spring season. But um, they got to get whoever the quarterback is in here for spring ball. That was the one thing. Maybe, I mean, Will Levis worked out really well, but I don't know how lucky you're going to get where the guy comes in in July and is awesome uh, that season. I definitely think you want to get this kid in, especially because, you know, for the most part, Liam is knows the guys on offense, but, you know, he recruited Barry on and Dane key, but they don't know the, they don't know the exact playbook because they never, you know, played under him. So all those reasons, I think you gotta, you gotta know that Liam is your guy and at least be able to sell that to recruits. And I think that is the case. And, you know, the other thing, if you're a quarterback, you probably are concerned about is the offensive line. You saw what happened to Will last year. He, he got hurt because the offensive line couldn't keep him up, up, up on his feet. And you gotta be encouraged that, you know, right away you sign a former four-star prospect who, can play four different positions and you know it seems like they're closing in on the on mark marquez cox who's a left tackle who's he's played he had 28 straight starts he actually ironically got hurt against kentucky this year when northern illinois came uh to lexington and he's been you know an all conference guy in the mac who's been super reliable and also savion washington the offensive tackle from kent state the only thing there I would watch Colorado. They offered him today, and Sean Lewis left to be the OC there. So they may lose that battle, but there's other options. So anyway, but the offensive line, I think they're putting in a pretty good effort to fix it. I think they're pretty set at guard now. It's going to, you know, and center's Cox. So you're going to have Cox probably Burton and and Bowles as your starter, and then you figure out the tackle spots. And, we, you know, we just talked about it. You got playmaker galore. And if you have, you know, you had Ray Davis and a 1,000-yard rusher in the mix, I mean – it's a pretty attractive spot, I think, if you're a quarterback. I mean, especially when, you know, Will Levis is going to have his name called uh, coming up soon, uh, first round. Yeah. How how big a boost will that be when if, – if Levis goes where projected, been hearing it all this time, and playing in the offense the year prior, the playing under Cohen is what got him on the map. Sure. He didn't get a year two – in that same offense and, and we'll always wonder what that could have been or what may have been, but to still be projected high first round, first, first rounder since what Josh Allen and now to be on the other side of the ball, you know, offensive side of the ball, 
quarterback. How, how much? Yeah, how much of a, a boomerang ripple effect bump will will that potentially be? <laughs> I mean, I think it's you just look at the other teams that are kind of out there on the quarterback market right now. You're kind of fighting again. And can any of the other schools say what you just said that Kentucky is going to be able to do? I mean, Oklahoma has a different coaching staff, so that doesn't count, right? It's a it's it's a Venable staff. It's not Lincoln Riley. Auburn, Cam Newton is the last first round quarterback from Auburn, probably. It's got to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Cam Newton. Uh, then Florida. I mean, Kyle Trask did well, but that was under Mullen. Anthony Richardson might be a first round pick, but I, I don't know. He had an up and down year. Uh, uh, Notre Dame, <laughs> Brady Quinn, maybe I don't know. <laughs> so it's just, it, it's just, I don't, especially if Liam Cohen's your offense coordinator and you you can watch the tape of uh, Barry on Brown, Dane Key, Jordan Dingle, and Josh Caddis. It, it might really be the best situation that's open right now. And I say that I think objectively. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I can't disagree with that. Um, can't disagree with that. I think. You know, again, it, it, I'm sure there's a sense of urgency with students, but at the end of the day, you're right. If you look across the country, uh, you know, there's not, I mean, maybe Alabama. Uh, yeah, if they go portal, maybe Alabama. Yeah, yeah maybe Alabama. Um, but, you know, other than that, you know, it's really, you know, it's tough to come by. Now, you'll get, you'll get people like uh, – like Mike Gundy at, at Oklahoma State, who will be able to attract a good quarterback. Uh, I'm not sure why his quarterback is leaving. That's kind of a red flag if I were a quarterback. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Uh, that's a red flag all, all the way. Um, but, you know, again, if I, you know, if I were a coach looking for a quarterback in the portal, um, you know, I have about three guys that would be on my list. And, you know, Darren Leary wouldn't necessarily be one of them, not taking away how – you know, he's a good quarterback, and I'm sure he'll, you know, obviously he's projected to be, you know, when he come out of yeah, first, first couple round, round pick well. yeah, pick. Yeah. So, um, but, man, you know, you got – there's some good quarterbacks in that portal, uh, really good quarterbacks in the portal. So, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, um, Kentucky will be able to have some uh, some bragging rights, you know, with, when it comes to developing quarterbacks, you know, over the last couple of years. Um, you know, that's a big deal. You know, when you got that stamp, because you're talking about high school kids who are, you know, all their life they've been they've been thinking about draft day, NFL, you know, all that type of stuff. So, if you got it proven that you know the past two years we've had two first round draft picks, and what I meant to say was, if Cohen is coming back, that that tells me that he plans to be here for a while. Like you don't, you know, you don't really come back and like stay one one year and then leave again. Right. I mean, unless you get a head coaching job somewhere, which, you know, and I, that's a whole nother theory. I don't I don't know why people automatically assume that good coordinators are going to be head, good head coaches. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. That. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't understand it. Look, I, I, I just don't get it. Like, I get the <laughs> succession of things, but I don't I don't understand why that's such a big deal. Why why people why people think good coordinators going to be good head coaches. Um, it's a totally different ball game, you know, not even close. So, um, you know, we'll see, you know, if he want to continue to be a coordinator in the college ranks, I think, uh, he may be at Kentucky for a while and he, he probably got the, he got, he takes some of that bourbon, you know what I'm saying? He had, he got, he got there, he went, he probably went to Keeneland or something or whatever. And, 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 you know, decided that he, he liked Lexington and decided to stay. So we'll see. He didn't want to leave. That's that's the thing. Because he turned down – I know the Dolphins' offense coordinator job, and he, I think he turned down the Saints, or at least he interviewed. And the only – he went to L.A. because that was the one team that was like, I, if I get this, I'm not going anywhere. And, you know, if the Vikings went with Harbaugh instead, you know, we're, we're still here with Liam Cohen, and who knows how this yeah. season went. But, you know, Cohen wasn't a thing where he wanted to leave. But now, you know, if the Rams had a good year, that's probably not even a consideration. But now that – you know, the Rams are a mess and Sean McVay, Sean McVay might go do TV. I mean, they're dropping like flies out there in L.A. You saw a couple lower level assistants uh, are going elsewhere as well. So uh, and I, I think from what I've heard, Cohen's aspirations are to be an NFL head coach. Not not I don't I mean, I'm sure you take a college job, too. So but if this is what he feels like is the route to get there or if this is what he wants to do, like you said, for the next you know couple of years, foreseeable future. 
it's a slam dunk. I mean, they had their best offensive season, you know, since 2007, I think it was. So, uh, and if, again, you know, that's the guy who attracted Will Levis here. He obviously, that ended up going pretty well. And, you know, whether it's Larry, Mertz, it's probably going to be one of those two guys. You know, I think there's a lot to be proven for both those guys. You know, Larry, as I think he's been excellent when he's played, but the problem has been availability. And then with Mertz, it's been there are some games where you see it and there are other games where it's like, oh, boy. So, uh, you know, there's some questions with both guys, but both have the benefit of having 20 plus starts under their belt. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, that Kyra Shern and, and um, uh, I'm losing track of names here. Um, Wait. Wade, Dustin Wade, thank you. They just don't have that experience. Yeah. A shout out to, uh, um, you know, the receiver coach, uh, what's his name? Woodward. Uh, yeah, Woody, he's he'll, great. Yeah, he'll he'll probably be, you know, it, it allows him to get groomed for more time on, in this system. Um, and it, it Cohen being at Kentucky increases his value tenfold if he wanted to be a coordinator. Uh, yeah. So he'll, he'll kind of take that next step in his career. Even if he stay at Kentucky and Cohen signs that dotted line, Wood, Woody, his value, uh, his value skyrockets. Because now, if I'm an AD somewhere, I'm a head coach somewhere. If I'm looking at, okay, what's the hottest thing going? Obviously, what the Rams is doing is one of the hottest things going uh, in the country. So, okay, who who's next on that tree? You know, his name will come up. So that's good. Right. And you you mentioned 2007. Shout out to Andre Woodson. I'll always give a shout out to Andre Woodson on here. That's my. That's my guy, man. Uh, you know, I, I'll never forget some of the stuff that he, you know, he told me and taught me. Um, you know, going through that, going through that that process, my first year. So, uh, always shout to Andre. Yeah, and sure. Woody. I mean, and you would think with Woody too and Cone, Woody's probably the second in command, I would say, of the offense. I mean, they were teammates at UMass. They coached together at UMass. The reason Woody is in Lexington is because of Liam Cohen. And, you know, Woodward is another guy who had opportunities to leave, you know, especially after, you know, one of his best friends left and he didn't. So, yeah, it, it would be – I just think it, it is going to be what's best for this program. I mean, it's a slam dunk. It just seemed like it was impossible based on the timeline and the fact that they're going to be able to pull this off. You got to – got to tip your cap mark stoops and uh and really you know mitch barnhart and the people who are writing the checks yeah i'm sure sure that check would be heavy (laughs) (laughs) that's for sure that's for sure um the thing you know from sad note that's kind of been dominating college football was um the the passing of mike leach which you know we can tell you saw him every year at mississippi state being the cross divisional opponent um, had a well, a heart issue. You saw the tweets come out and critical condition and airlifted from Starkville to Jackson and uh, passed away at 61 years of age. Just just not old at all. And when you think of him cutting his teeth at on a big boy level, it was when he was OC here. At Kentucky, with Hal Mummy, with the the roots of the air raid, with Tim Couch, you know they were at Iowa Wesleyan, kind of doodling on a chalkboard and kind of getting ideas. And the first place where they really put it on display on the big scale was at Kentucky. Tim Couch, Craig Yeast, and you know Anthony White. Uh, you know that offense was versatile. They were racking up numbers, you know, every single week and. You know, then he went on as a head coach to you know, Texas Tech and Washington State and uh, Mississippi State. And you think about those places. Look, that's that's not Alabama. That's not <laughs> USC. That's not Michigan. That is Lubbock, Texas, Pullman, oh, Washington, and Starkville, Mississippi. Yeah. 
And from a recruiting standpoint, those are little brother schools in every single state. So you're getting the leftovers from everybody else want to go to Texas. Everybody want to go to Washington. Everybody want to go to Ole Miss or somebody else in the SEC. And he's still one, if you estimate and round up, 60% of his games, which should qualify him for the Hall of Fame, which they need to do something about that. Go ahead and put him in there when he's at 59.6 winning percentage. He did that at places where you don't really win a lot. You don't really get the the cream of the crop <laughs> recruiting. <laughs> he still went and did what he did. Um, with 21 seasons total, I think losing seasons in the first year. But if you take out his first years, like, you know, those 18 years, he had like 17 winning seasons. So it's, it's ridiculous what he did with just like a little index card for a play sheet. No big laminated <laughs> play yeah, I mean, sheet. I mean, just come on, man. Yeah, he never had a losing season at Texas Tech. He had uh, he his first year at Wazoo. He had a losing season. He had a losing season in 2014, and then his first year at Mississippi State. But that was the COVID year, and they still won a bowl game that year. So, <laughs> I mean, the guys had success. You, you talked about obviously Tim Couch. Uh, just look at the quarterbacks, Graham Harrell. How big of a hero he was for so many kids watching college football. You saw. Uh, I forgot exactly who it was. Talk about how Graham Harrell was his favorite college football player. And that's because of what Mike Leach was able to do with him. And uh, Gardner Minshew has been a favorite for the last couple of years of college football fans. What Leach did with him at Wazoo. I mean, he had an 11 win season at Wazoo. That is uh that is pretty damn hard to accomplish. And, you know, the, the best thing I think about Mike Leach is no one thinks, I mean, yeah, you think about the air raid, but you think about going on YouTube and watching an hour worth of hilarious videos of him just being a dude. He just wasn't, you see all these stories people are sharing about how he took the time and it wasn't to talk about football. He'd talk about life, talk about, I saw someone uh, actually the Saturday before he passed away, he was at a party and took 10 minutes to talk to a kid about uh, Bigfoot and if he was real or not. I mean, this is just a guy who was a character. He never knew what he was going to say, but it was going to be funny. And he seemed to genuinely care about everybody. And he was a pretty damn good ball coach, too. So it was sudden. It's heartbreaking. And I can't imagine what, you know, those players and coaches at State and anyone that have played and coached with him are feeling and his family. And, yeah, that was shocking and sudden and all the above, man. Just awful, awful news. Yeah. Um, you know, it you know, I, I guess everybody, you know, you know, is is kinda, you know, sending their condolences and everything and that's and you know, and they should, but you know, the biggest thing is when somebody, in my opinion, somebody passed or whatever, highlight you know, don't don't harp on. I don't think people are, but don't always harp on like the negative. You know that you know whatever. Like I mean, he spent sixty one years on this planet, and obviously he's done a good job with his sixty one years. Uh, I mean, just about everybody. I, I I don't know if I know a person that that don't like him. You know, uh, don't you know even even from afar watching his videos and whatnot. Uh, his interviews are hilarious. He he came across as uh, he came across as more than just you know you see football coaches in the media and, and it's all football it's recruiting it's culture it's coaching right. it's Sinos that wasn't him which you know you know I I could learn from that as a coach you know when I'm talking to my players not always talking about football right when I'm talking to media or whatever not always talking about the X's and O's or the, even the, even the Jimmys and Joes you know talking about something else you know bringing levity to the room uh, I think he did a good job of that. Um, obviously, you know, and I heard Kirby Smart say this today, his, his kind of thumbprint has been, you know, placed everywhere when it comes to NFL ball, college ball, high school ball, even middle school ball. And Kirby Smart said this, you look at a lot of the high school film they watch, you know, a lot of people are doing what he did, what he brought to the table, you know, and he kind of innovated the passing game you know, even more um, in that time. And some of those same concepts that he, that he was running in 98, you know, you see some of the best pro teams running out and having success with them. Uh, and I can speak from, you know, and this is part of my, you know, I played in a system in high school that was uh, kind of Tony Franklin system slash air raid with some uh, Mike Leach, you know, concepts or whatnot. Got to college, played under Neil Brown, air raid concepts, 
So naturally, it's ingrained in me, you know, when I call plays, the way I like to design pass concepts, you know, the way I see the game sometimes is a lot of that. You know, it comes from that. That's the genesis of it. Uh, you know, Mike Lee, what Mike Lee's brought to the table. So, you know, I'm sure he's uh he he's done a he's done a good job with, you know, the people that he's been in it, you know, their lives. Uh so, you know, you hate to see that happen, you know, in the football world. It shook up the work football world a little bit because he, I mean, the, the coaching tree is like an oak tree with a million different branches. You know, it's so many coaches that come from his tree. Um, you know, even guys in the league, you know, you know, and, and thousands of high school guys uh, who, who kind of learn from that. So, you know, so, yeah, man, it's, you know, it's one of those things that you never really want to see. Uh, but he did a lot of good, though. Uh, and he, he, he changed a lot of guys' lives. I mean, coaches and players, they got opportunities because they were, you know, they were uh, in his system on his team or whatnot. So, you know, that's that's the good part about it. You know, now I'm not good as in, you know, but he did a lot of good on here that a lot of people wish they could have that big of an impact. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was Gardner Minshew said that he did. He knows he wouldn't be playing in the he league. He wasn't screamed at and coaching he'd, for Saban. Ripped yeah. by Nick Saban. He'd be coaching. He, he his path of his life. It's completely different. And y'all mentioned it, you know, football coaches are, you know, I'm at the office 25 hours a day. I sleep at the office. I don't see my family. My wife and kids don't recognize me. He was he was not that. And he was just comfortable in his own skin. He, he was going to tell you what he thought. And he wasn't, he'd rather not talk football. You see all the interviews and the stuff in the press conference post-game interview just right after a game and he's talking about candy corn and this kind of stuff and mascots and the pac-12 mascots if they all got in a fight and it depends on the power of the sun devil and you know he's gotta he, he would break down and go detail on whatever it was it's, it's not like the whole thing what he does was coach football but that's not who he is that's just part of who he is and there was a whole lot more layers to him and he was, you know, comfortable letting you, you know what it was and taking the time to not be so locked in. You know, I can talk to this kid, like the, the LSU ball boy, ask him what, what, what's the favorite ice cream? Because he's just talking to the dude because Mississippi State's on defense. So I'm almost over here kicking it. Let me just talk to this ball boy and find out about him and what's going on with him. And so the, the ball boy goes to the locker room and said, Mike Leach wants to know what my favorite ice cream is. Because he's just, they just over there chopping it up during the game. Name another coach is doing that kind of stuff. So it's just a just a unique individual, man. And just, you know, touched a lot of people, like you said, and it's definitely going to be missed. 100%, man. Yeah, so. No doubt. We got bowl games coming up. What seventeen? Three days from now, when they start Bahamas Bowl. Uh, Friday, yeah, Friday. Oh, Friday. Two Friday. days, my bad. Two days from now, yeah, Bahamas Bowl. Pretty much, that's like the tradition. It's like one of the first bowls ever every year. So, <laughs> yeah, but you got now with that Vegas Bowl and that LA Bowl <laughs> making these bowls up. Fenway too. You got some Power Five games. I mean, you got Florida with their third string quarterback now. I think because you know, Aunt Richardson and then the legal issues of the backup and then mm-hmm. Oregon State, um, who had a really good year in the Pac-12. You got Cincinnati and Louisville, which unfortunately Satterfield won't be on. Did you see the Fenway Bowl? They play on one – They it's a one-sideline deal. So, oh, man, Satterfield needs to sh- show up. Just show <laughs> up. See what happens there. And then you got a L.A. Bowl, which – to be honest with you guys, I forget who the hell is playing in it. <laughs> I know it's a power. I know it's a power five game. Uh, so I pulled it up. But yeah, you got some. Uh, you got some better matchups. Oh, Washington State and uh, Fresno State. So Ooh. Fresno State won the uh, Mountain West. Um, so you got some some power five games uh, right out the shoot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it, again, and we we kind of spoke about this briefly last week, but you know, it'll be. Uh, It'll be it'll be what we always, you know, know what how it's gonna turn out, right? Some games that don't look good, but you end up turning on the TV, and, and it's like, it's like seven overtimes, and you know, so <laughs> it, it, that's you know that's how it goes. But you know, I'm anxious. I'm anxious for the for those uh, 
you know, the day that Kentucky play, you got Alabama, Kansas State, you got both playoff games, then you got Kentucky, Iowa. Um, so that's going to be a – that's a full day of, of football for me, uh, hopefully getting the chance to watch all of those games if I can. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know. We'll see how it goes. I think, uh, you know, obviously we talked about the conflict between Kentucky basketball and Kentucky football on the same day. Um, but – you know, I think uh, I don't think it'll be as big of a deal as a lot of people make it out to be. But I do think um, I do think whoever made that decision for those two teams to play uh, got to do a better job, man. I mean, it's just you know, if you if you if you just just look at both styles from a, a revenue generation standpoint, <laughs> uh, that's that that's not good. I mean, get somebody. You know, you know, nobody want to see that again. Like, and I'm sure, and they they'll never say this in public, but I'm sure you got guys on Kentucky on Kentucky and Iowa's roster who looked at that and was like, "Man, come on, bro!" Like, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, dog! Like, not this. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm I'm sure you got those guys, coaches too. Like, yeah. Yeah, they'll never say it, but they have that. You know, they bowl games supposed to be new, supposed to be fresh. You know, that's what they want. So. If Kentucky would have played somebody like I don't know Minnesota or something, uh, it'll be a little bit better. Or even I, I was rooting not that it would be a much better game, but I was rooting for Illinois because Stoops and Bielema were college teammates. So oh, yeah. at least you'd yeah. have that angle. I bet you'd have a really fun, you know, co-op press conference that they do. You'd have some fun storylines and all that. Maybe some good college stories uh, from one or two of those guys and. That would have been fun. I mean, if you played Kansas down in the Liberty Bowl, kind of have that basketball blue blood on the football field, that would have been a more fun storyline. Like, I can't I, – I, honestly, I don't think it could be worse than Iowa. But, uh, you know, I guess the, the good thing with that is, you know, for these two young quarterbacks, it's – obviously, it's not it's not just an opportunity to see the field and start. It's an opportunity to test your – test your ability against an elite defense because you know we trash on Iowa's offense deservingly so it's ranked 130th in the country but it's the number four defense they I think they've scored nine touchdowns on defense so it's a damn good defense with you know some really good players future NFL players um so you know from that standpoint and even for Barry on Brown and Dane Dane Key to match up against some of their one at least one of their corners I know has like four picks and he's a top you know potential top draft guy when his day comes and you know it'll be it'll be a good test but other than that man it's a it's a nightmare matchup and uh it's gonna be cold and it's uh it's not the most ideal (laughs) I was gonna say even with Minnesota matchup, you know, Tanner Morgan is from Kentucky. Right. Hazard by way of Rao. You yeah. at least had that. And TJ Fleck is funny. Oh, yeah. You'd, have, you'd at least had a different storyline, even if it had been a, Min- a Minnesota matchup. So, whatever. You know, it is. Yeah. It's exciting for, you know, for the quarterbacks for sure. And I want to see kind of tactically what they do on offense with Kentucky. Um, you know, we spoke about that too. But, you know, it's going to be exciting to see because, again, I, I my vote will be for Will Levis to call the plays. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying because I, I saw he was asked about that. It was either that podcast Max Duffy does or Pardon My Take, one of the two. He was on both this week, and he said that they told him no. Unfortunately, it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna. It sounds like it's gonna be Woody. Yeah, yeah. it may, it may be Woody. You know, being a, a receiver, you know, maybe he'll, uh, he'll show some love to those receivers. And, you know, and that's my thing. I man. bet he will. If they, if they're gonna, if they're gonna, you know, schedule those two teams, you know, make it. <laughs> Make it uh make it interesting, you know. Get you know don't 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 live up to the expectations of this game. You know what I'm saying? Like exceed those expectations if you if you uh Woody, um you know come out first play of the game and just watch it. You know just do something different. You know don't 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 make it uh don't make it one of those um you know typical. Yeah, what you think of Iowa type games? We don't want to see that. And it doesn't even matter because I'm looking now. Iowa has the number nine pass defense in the country. That's 173.8 yards per game. Kentucky actually is number seven. So you can imagine how bad Iowa's pass offense with the third string quarterback is going to be. And then Iowa's run defense is you know 13th at 104 yards a game. They're good at both. So does it even matter? Just just play balls to the wall, throw it out, and uh, get those receivers some run. And, you know, do have something that's fun. I mean, you know, honestly, if I'm a fan sitting at home and I only have one TV, 
I might pick basketball because I'm going to go watch the basketball team beat the worst Louisville team in history. And then by the, you know, I could go flip that game will be over, go to the fourth quarter and Iowa, Kentucky will be six, six. So it's like, am I going to really watch the whole thing? I don't know. I mean, me personally, I would go football because I'm a, more of a football guy, but just putting myself in the casual fans seat, I, I'm probably picking basketball. Hey man, what what the hell is going on in Louisville with their basketball team? I, I actually I muted so I can put the they're playing Western right now. Yeah, uh, at the Yum Center, yeah. and it is fifteen seven Hilltoppers already. Oh so, man, yeah, uh, uh, Louisville just scored a, hit a three, so fifteen to ten. I, I I do not like you know, everybody has their own take on rivalries. Full transparency, I was no, I was never one of those guys who like hated the rival. Like, I was always one of those guys who, you know, enjoyed the rivalry, uh, enjoyed the the buzz around the rivalry, enjoyed the competition of the rivalry, the excitement of the rivalry. I was never one of those guys who was going to, you know, uh, just despise them, you know, 365. You know, 365 days a year, I wasn't going to hate Louisville. You know, I don't care. That's just not my personality. But on the day we play them, obviously, we want to beat them and beat them bad. But um, you know, you I say that to say you kind of hate when the rival is not good. Yeah, you know what I'm saying from a from a viewer standpoint. You know, I know, I know people out there in Kentucky they they want Louisville to be like the worst program. Oh, they're enjoying the hell out of this. I, I know they are, <laughs> but you know, but what what fun is that when you watch the game? You, you're turning it off by halftime. I mean, if they're that bad, so um, you know, you want to see the rival the rival team actually you know be somewhat formidable so that you know the game could be exciting maybe that's just me and my no, i'm with you i mean um, just sticking on basketball with that i mean three years ago louisville was at one point ranked number one the year that was shut down for covid and they came to rough i think it was like i think louisville was three and kentucky was 19 and that was the best recent memory game of kentucky louisville it was an overtime game that kentucky pulled away in ot and it was just a back and forth you know, rock fight at Rupp Arena. And it was by far the most entertaining Kentucky Louisville game probably since, you know, the NCAA tournament in 2012. I mean, or I think that's the last NCAA tournament game they played against each other, right? They didn't play since the final four that year, right? 2014. Oh, did they play in 2014? The Julius Randall team? Harrison, Harrison beat them and Okay, so then that game, that game. I'm sorry. Then Michigan and Wisconsin. I think it's okay. So yeah, so that game would have been the most entertaining since. It, it, so it's been really, it, it, it's been eight years since we've had a outside of one entertaining UK Louisville game, and uh, I, I mean they're down eight to Western at the second TV timeout. And yeah, turn that on. Boy. Their only win might end up being Florida A and M, which is a Saturday. Mm-hmm. I was like, the, I think they're like three sixty and three. 61 in the net. Uh, only IUPI is worse than both of them. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, fellas, let me let get y'all. AG, man, plug your work. Where can people find your stuff and, and let everybody know? And Yep. Uh, obviously, catspaws.com 247 affiliate. We will be getting all we can on this transfer portal stuff um, and recruiting all that signing days coming up so it, it should heat up pretty hot these next seven days and i'll be at madison square garden covering basketball saturday too so plenty busy for me um and i'm looking forward to all of it absolutely man Jalen, man plug your stuff you got uh, your author and you're doing the training and you got yeah. website so man tell everybody where they can find what you got going yeah, man, uh, btgquarterbacktrainer.com or btgathletics.com. Uh, if you got a student athlete, you know, that needs some, uh, some, some guidance, some information, some wisdom, some knowledge, some insight, um, you'll, I think you'll, you'll go on the site and you'll see something that you may like. Um, I heard that uh, there's a kid from Lexington that went to Frederick Douglass, uh, Samuel Cornette, I think it is. Uh yeah. Play, plays play for Western Carolina. My brother went to Western Carolina and played quarterback there too. So uh heard he's transferring. Yes, he's in the portal. If he's if he's hearing this, hearing this, man, hey, hit me up, bro. Like let's <laughs> let's let's get right, man. Tell you, let's let's get right. But um, but yeah, he's Dane, uh, Dane Key's quarterback. Yeah, yeah, he he was good too. He was pretty mm-hmm. good. He's like six six. I mean, he can sling it too. So um, 
Yeah, if he's hearing this, man, whenever, uh, you know, let's connect. Let's get right. But uh, other than that, man, you know, just, you know, doing the usual, uh, you know, training and trying to stay busy, man, and uh, hopefully hopefully get some good games this bowl season and end the season off the right way. Um, hopefully see some good playoff games and, you know, hopefully see Kentucky, uh, you know, score 30-plus on Iowa. I'm, I'm sure they only probably only need seven to win, but – Hopefully. You might have to wait for the Ball State game on uh, opening night next year. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, yeah, you know, that's that's what it is. You know, again, always good to be on here, talk some ball, talk some uh, some Wildcat sports. Um, so appreciate you guys, man. And next Wednesday we'll have plenty because it's signing day. And uh, yeah. get a look at, you know, we'll get a – we'll have a much better view of where things are headed uh, this time seven days from now that's right so y'all tune in again next week believe.com another episode of believe in kentucky get yourself some merch shop.believe.com we got cat daddy shirts on there blue white or gray get yourself a shirt go to a steel blue as well every episode of this podcast is put up on their website and we appreciate that so thanks again for listening Appreciate Aaron Gershon, Jayla Whitlow. My name is Vinny Hardy. We'll see y'all next time on Believe in Kentucky. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.